Good evening. This is Chaps Fantasy Chat with Chappie, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports at DrRoto.com. Uh, I'll tell you, it's kind of cool. It's going to look a little different from here on out. Um, you know, got some uh, re- really lucky to have some great new uh, partners to, to work with. And, you know, short, show's going to be a little shorter, but um, really trying to be action-packed with it. So without further ado, let's get to it. Um, going to talk some fantasy baseball tonight. And, you know, th- this is an interesting time of year. Uh, I love the All-Star game. Um, actually, the All-Star game is kind of boring. Um, but what I really like is the festivities the day before. So I um, I, I really have fond memories of growing up and, and just – making sure to catch that home run derby. Uh, and I'll tell you, I was lucky enough to go back in 1994. I'm going to date myself a little bit, but that's okay. Um, went to all three river stadium to see, uh, you know, qu- quite a display of um, power hitters, especially back then. Uh, and, and, you know, what a sight it was. I, I was kind of reminiscing a little bit about today and watching some of the highlights and stuff. Frank Thomas hit one and, and you know, People um, from Pittsburgh, they know how um, how the, the the allure of Dave Parker, the, the homers that he hit. Fr- Frank Thomas hit a ball into the upper deck at Old Three River Stadium that, that day, and I got to see that live, and that was just the coolest thing ever. So, you know, n- names, names that were in that r- lineup that day, uh, really cool. Um, Dante Bichette, Frank Thomas, like I said, Jeff Bagwell was the main headline guy there. Um, and, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. and, and the crime dog, Fred McGriff, were all in that 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 um, that lineup that day. And <laughs> I'll tell you, going back and watching the highlights of it, it's interesting. Boy, it's changed. It's quite, quite a big spectacle now. And back then it was just – it was in the middle of the afternoon and, you know, it wasn't a primetime must-see event. But, you know, if, fast forward to this year, and I think – you look at the players that are on the field this year are going to sure be worth the price of admission. Uh, when you look at guys like, of course, the front runners, Shohei and Vlad and Gallo, um, uh, really kind of that's all you, you could stop right there, right? But no, let's not stop there. Let's talk about the hometown kid, Trevor Story, the feel good story, and Trey Mancini. Um, and, and, you know, when it all comes down to it, if you're going to play, if you're going to go out and play a, um, you know, prop bet or whatever, the two guys that aren't getting talked about the most, in my opinion anyway, are Matt Olson and Juan Soto. These are two guys that if you like taking a long shot bet, I would consider – Olsen's the one, really, that makes a lot of sense as a prop bet, and I don't have that in front of me. But I, I think it's interesting to take note that, you know, a lot of times in these in these formats, it's the guys that don't have the pressure on I, But, look, let's be clear. I'm definitely going to have some money on Shohei. I'm definitely going to have some money on, on Vlad Guerrero. And, of course, Gallo is um, – really hot right now too, right? So those three guys should be the front runners. But then after that, again, I think that Olsen, uh, I think he's the four seed. It makes a whole lot of sense and, um, you know, kind of a good way to pivot away from the group a little bit. Um, so it, it, it'll be fun. You know, of course, Colorado, there's um, going to be plenty of balls set out there. And, you know, again, just uh, really an interesting and entertaining evening. And, and you know, again, it, it starts 
It starts with the kids. It starts with the futures game. And if you're in prospect leagues, um, this is can't miss. You have to watch these guys because guarantee you a handful of these players are going to play a role later on this year on a major league team. So just, you know, I'm not going to sit down here and drill on all of these guys, but I think it's interesting to take note of some of these names that are going to be playing in this game um, on the 12th. I think that's Sunday in the afternoon. Um, of course, some guys I've talked a lot about, uh, Quinn Prister, Nick Lodolo, Rosie Contreras, Marco Luciano, uh, I think is one of those guys that doesn't get enough um, recognition yet. But it's coming because he really is one of those players that is playing above his maturity level and is doing really well, a la Vlad Guerrero, a la um, Wander Franco. So kind of going that route. And, again, um, you'll get to see him. Jason Dominguez, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. Here's a name for you. Yoloqui Cespedes, Bobby Witt Jr. There are there are a lot of really good up and coming prospects in this game, and again, every year you want to see these guys to see which ones can help you out. Just quick notes um, that I, I noticed as I was going down through looking at these: six of the top eight in MLB Pipeline 100 will be in this game. Rutschman, Abrams, Witt, Kellenick, Torkelson, and Julio Rodriguez. I think it's something like eight or nine of the top 25. So you really are getting what you're paying for with these prospects. And I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know who's going to be up at the end of the year here. But if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure Nick Lodolo is going to be up pretty soon. I'm pretty sure Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be up pretty soon. Um, I think Kellenick comes back up pretty soon. So, again, playing right to your suit, a lot of these guys are going to be a difference maker down the stretch for these teams. So it's just good entertainment. So really looking forward to that. But on top of that, I think it's a good time to kind of pause and take note, um, reflect, and look forward. We're halfway through the season. And as as I've said every week for the last couple weeks now, everybody's starting to check out the football, and that's okay. If if you're one of those people, that's okay. But I'm I'm telling you, if you want to really compete in your baseball league, which you paid money for, now is the time when you can really capitalize just by being able to forward think a little bit. Okay, I'm going to give you some of my second half stars, and you know. Couple of these guys are familiar names. Um, one's an all-star, but basically the point of this is these guys to me are really set up to take off in this second half, and um, it might be someone that you want to target if you're really in a position to contend this year and need one extra piece. So, who am I talking about? <clears throat> the first guy, and I'll tell you, I talked about this guy a couple months back, but I think it bears repeating here because he's just getting more um, f- comfortable being that role that he's in. I'm talking about Tyler Stevenson of the Reds. Uh, he's the backup catcher. Yeah, of course, um, Tucker Barnhart's a, a gold glove catcher and you know a competent major league player. 
Um, so it's it's hard to say he's going to sit for or he's going to sit Tucker Barnhart. And, you know, when Joey Votto was hurt, he hit cleanup and played first base in his absence and did a good job doing it. So you're looking at a guy here. I, I don't know if he sticks at catcher. Uh, the, you know, best case scenario with Stevenson is he plays catcher enough to be eligible there, but I think eventually he's he's Votto's replacement because he's really he's a middle of the order type of bat. He's not the 30, 40 homer type guy yet, but you can see where he has the potential to grow into that. On the year, he's hitting 280 with five homers, 34 runs, and 22 RBIs. Um, but again, I, I, I don't think it matters because hitting in that ballpark, hitting in that offense, <clears throat> and then a little bit of position flexibility too is going to be a good thing for him. Maybe he picks up some outfield eligibility at some point in his career. He's a little big for that. But, you know, I mean, stranger things have happened. Um, I, I I look for him to be in his prime at 290 to 300 hitter, a 30 homer type of guy, a 100 RBI type of guy, and maybe more. I, I think that's a, a, a – I think that's a – I don't think I'm overextending too much, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at with Stevenson. I, I, I think that that's something that, you know, even if you just put him in everyday role this year, um, I, it, it projects out much more favor, favorably to those numbers. So Stevenson's someone that, you know, is available in a lot of leagues, um, especially shallower leagues. You, you could probably get him as a throw-in if he is um, already rostered. He's probably on someone's bench or, um, you know, he he won't be that expensive. The second guy's probably going to be a little bit more expensive, but I think it's worth taking note and mentioning of. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, 6-4 with a 3-3-6 ERA, 119 Ks to 23 walks. Now, started out slow, but over this past month, he's really gotten comfortable, and he's starting to show his repeatability that he had back, way back in Arizona as a young kid. So over his last, I think last month starts. I can't. I I don't. He's three and one with a two five one ERA. Yeah, it's his last month. He struck out forty three batters and over twenty eight two point two innings, which is fourth best in the majors. He's the, the the big thing about this is the biggest thing about this is is his control. He's only walked eight batters in that span. Now, for perspective, that's seven less than Trevor Bauer walked over that period of time. So you're talking about a guy who has this perception of inconsistency, who has seemingly shown you that he's improved, and he's repeated it now for a while. His stuff has always been dominant. And he's always been a high strikeout guy. It's the walks that's been the issue, and it looks like he's gotten that under control. If you think about what the Blue Jays bring to the table down the stretch with Ray, Ryu, and Manoa, they could be a dangerous team. And I think it all starts with Robbie Ray's consistency, and I think he's going to do that. The Blue Jays are getting ready to take off, and Robbie Ray's a big part of this team. The next second-half star that I want to talk about 
And I think it's important because I think a lot of people have a misconception of this guy. This guy reminds me of J.D. Martinez. And I mean that in the most positive way. I'm talking about Nick Castellanos, his former teammate in Detroit. He's hitting 335 with 17 homers, 56 runs, 54 RBIs, and two stolen bases. He got a lot of his maturity from J.D. They, they were the um, quiet, unsung leaders in that Detroit locker room. And uh, Castellanos mimics what J.D. does. And it shows. Castellanos hits the ball hard. He always has hit the ball hard. He doesn't care so much about home runs. He just wants to hit line drives. So that ends up with a lot of doubles. It ends up with a lot of balls that put dents in the outfield ball. But fact of the matter is, <clears throat> he's in the 87th percentile on hard hit rate in the majors. He's hitting 405 versus the fastball on the year. And he's hitting 364 versus the fastball changeup combo. Guys, that makes it really tough to, pick, to pitch to Nick Castellanos. What I mean when I say that is, if you can't, if he's, if you know he's going to rip your fastball and you know he's going to rip your your changeup, that leaves you pitching off of a secondary pitch as your predominant pitch, and more than likely a pitch you're not really comfortable with using a whole lot more often. So, I, I, to me, that 17 home run mark at this point in the year. Guys, I went last last Wednesday. I went with my nephew to the Reds game at Great American Ballpark. Highly suggest it. If you've not been there, um, make a point to go see it. it. It really is a great park. But it was hot and it was humid. It thunderstormed that day, and it didn't really help the humidity at all. There were six homers in the first four innings. They played the Padres, by the way. Um I say that only to, to, to set this up. The ball's just not flying in Cincinnati. And the loft that Castellanos is going to get on his balls is going to only increase when that humid air affects those balls. Castellanos is on pace for a 30-homer season right now. But I think he's closer to 40 when it's all said and done. And you throw, say, 37 homers in with a 330 average, you're talking about an MVP type of ball player. Going unsung. Because everyone wants to talk about Shohei and Vlad and all these other players, right? Tatis. and Cassianos doesn't get a whole lot of publicity, and he's fine with that. Meaning. This is an opportunity to go out and grab him, maybe for a little undervalued. Just a thought. And my fourth, my fourth second-half star. This guy's kind of a no-brainer. I kind of feel like I'm cherry-picking a little bit, but I feel like it needs to be said. Willie Adamas, on the season, he's hitting 247, 14 homers, 42 runs, 45 RBIs, and three stolen bases. 
He has looked like a different player since joining Milwaukee. He's hitting in the middle of that lineup, and his supporting numbers hitting in the middle of that lineup have shot up accordingly. Let's look at his stats because this is the cool part. The games are almost exact. I think I looked last night. It was 41 and 42 games. So it's a real good comparison when you're looking at his stats for Tampa and his stats for Milwaukee. Batting average. Talking about Willie Adames. Batting average. Tampa Bay, 197. Milwaukee, 298. 100-point improvement there. Homers, 5-8. to eight. Not bad. Runs. 16 to 25. Again, we're talking about a one-game difference between the two halves here, right? RBIs, 15 in Tampa, 29 in Milwaukee. And here's the biggest one for me, OPS. OPS is on base plus slugging. So on base is hits and walks over at, over at bats, and slugging is weighted according to um, – your power hit, your, your your power numbers. So home runs weighted more than the triples, weighted more than a double, and so on. So his OPS in Tampa was 625. His OPS in Milwaukee is 930. Through 42 games, I think it is. Perspective. 930 OPS for Adamas. If you take that 930 OPS that Adamas has in his 40-something games in Milwaukee, and you line it up against what everybody's done so far this year, it would rank him 10th in the majors. I know it's a short sample size. But I'm big on pointing to a specific change that you can identify when targeting players. This is one. Dummies hit third last night. So, speaking of change, Chaps Fantasy Chat, brought to you by Dr. Roto. Thursday nights at 8. It's great stuff, man. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate you, brother. Check out all the great content. We have, like, 25 podcasters that are awesome. They're all in that Scott Fishbowl and the stuff that, I, I'll tell you, they're amazing. Um, and, and, you know... Uh, I can't wait to get into football as well, but I'm going to talk baseball throughout because this is this is good stuff, and you guys need to hear this content. All right, part two. So here's the premise. June 21st, beginning of a crackdown by the MLB on sticky substances. Since then, th- see, this I talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is great because what they've done, the way they've initiated this – It stopped it in its tracks. It stopped the cheating in its tracks, right, wrong, or indifferent. When a pitcher has to come out at the end of the half inning and show himself to the the referee or to the umpires, there's no getting around that. So, again, back to specific changes and points in time. We're talking about June 21st, and we'll revisit this as the season goes on. Things have changed. <laughs> all, all these great pitchers all of a sudden. To do by Kermit. Don't look so great so all of a sudden. But some of them look really great. 
So, the name I named this segment brought to you by Josh Donaldson's catalog. Hey, hey, you, you're cheating. <laughs> now, okay, so let's look at this again with the June 21st date. We're gonna break down a couple pictures and we're gonna see what they got going on. They cheating? Were they cheating? Because that changes. That changes our, our thought process on them, right? If you got some of these guys, you might want to dump them before it gets worse. Garrett Cole. Eight and four with a 291 ERA on the year, 105 innings pitched, 135 Ks, and 20 walks. 0.96 whip. Before June 21st. Looked a lot like Garrett Cole's look since he left Pittsburgh, right? Eight and three, a two three one ERA, 117 strikeouts, 12 walks, 198 batters average against. The Yankees were eight and six in those games. Since June 21st, Garrett Cole's 0 and one, three starts, 6.46 ERA, big boost, not good one. 18 Ks and eight walks. Eight walks and three starts compared to 12 over 14. <laughs> 274 batters average against, and the Yankees are 0-3 in those games. Ouchie. Hey, hey, you. You're cheating. How about Joe Musgrove? Joe Musgrove, 5-6 and six with the 296 ERA. 94 innings pitched, 110 Ks and 23 walks, 092 whip. Before June 21st, 4 and 6, 288 ERA, 79 innings pitched, 98 Ks and 17 walks, 176 batting average against. After 1 and 0. 6.60 ERA, 15 innings pitched, 12 Ks, 6 walks. Batting average against went up from 176 to 232. He's probably cheating. Probably cheating. How about Lucas Giolito? Lucas Giolito. Hang on. Lucas Giolito. I didn't have his stats up in front of me. Six and six with a 4.20 ERA. 98.2 innings pitched. 116 walks. 31, or 116 strikeouts, 31 walks. Before June 31st or 21st. Five and five, three, eight, six ERA. 103 and 27 Ks to walks. After excuse me, 207 batting average against. One and after June 21st. One and one, a five eight two ERA. 13 to four, 
Batters are hitting 313 off of Lucas Giolito after June 21st. Hey, you. You're cheating. All right. There's benefit to this, right? Let's talk about some guys you can trust. How about some guys that since June 21st have actually stayed the same or gotten better? First guy I want to talk about, Giolito's teammates, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, boy, what a year he's had. What a great free agent signing he was for that White Sox rotation. 9-3 and three with a 199 ERA in 90.2 innings pitch, 105 Ks, 31 walks, and a 1.04 whip. Phenomenal numbers. Before June 1st, or 21st, Seven and three with a 2.14 ERA. Pretty good. Pretty good. 75 innings pitch, 86 Ks, 21 walks, a 195 batting average against. Those are good numbers. After June 21st, 2 and 0 with a 1.20 ERA. Lower to ERA. 15 innings pitch, 19 Ks, 10 walks. Little elevated with the walks, but that's okay. We'll let that slide. Batting average against slipped from 195 to 157 in his last three starts. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucas Giolito, or excuse me, Lance Lynn has become more difficult to hit since the implementation of these rules. Buy Lance Lynn. Buy him up. Anthony DiScalfini. Is having a breakout year. Nine and three with a two eight four ERA. One hundred one innings pitched, ninety three Ks, twenty eight walks, a one point zero two WHIP. Outstanding numbers again. Before June twenty first, seven and two with a three oh one ERA. Two oh five batting average against. After June 21st, 2 and 1 with a 2.18 ERA. Lower to ERA. 194 batting average against. Lowers lowered that category as well. I love Anthony DiScalfini. He's been super consistent this year and nobody's really paying a whole lot of attention to him because he's in San Francisco. He's he and Kevin Gosman have been their two best pitchers. Could probably get him for a decent price. I would suggest it. All right, going to wrap this up. Last guy I want to talk about, Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios, again, going to be a trade consideration anyway. Um, Minnesota sure isn't doing very well. And, you know, when you have a guy 7 and 3, 336 ERA, really is having, uh, you know, one of his best years so far. Um, 101 innings pitched, 106 strikeouts, 27 walks. You, you look at that and, you know, 
batting average against 227. His batting average against actually stayed exactly the same. But you look at what he's done since then. It, it's been so 356 ERA, 245 ERA. <clears throat> Barrios is probably going to be on the move. He's probably going to go to a team that's going to win a lot more games. I was going to play the where they're going game. We'll do that. We'll do that at 10. Make sure you come back and watch me at 10. The other angle with Chapman RC, Thursday nights at 10. Guys, Thursday nights at 8, Chaps Fantasy Chat. Thanks for listening. Check out all our content on Dr. Rota, seasonal DFS tools, as well as premium access stuff to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions and the member-only Discord right here on drrodo.com. Thanks for joining me, guys. Come back at 10, check us out, see what we got to talk about. Hope you enjoyed the content. Talk to you all soon. Good night.